0: Hey, everybody, Casey Cohen here with the Black and Gold Standard Podcast, your premier Pittsburgh Steelers podcast and everything Steelers, and maybe a little bit more too. But before we jump into today's episode where we talk about Antonio Brown, Steelers, Patriots, and much more, make sure you follow us on Instagram. It's the Black Gold Standard at the Black Gold Standard. Also, follow us on Facebook. It's the Black and Gold Standard Podcast. You can find us there. You can also reach out to us by email. The black and gold standard at gmail.com. The black and A N D gold standard at gmail.com. Ask us questions, comments. We'll pick one person to read from each week. We'd love to hear from you and we appreciate you listening. In future podcasts, we're going to be having some giveaways, some contests, and we're open to some opinions. So, guys, shoot us some emails. We appreciate you listening, and so thank you for tuning in to our first podcast. So here you have it, our first episode
1: of the Black and Gold Standard Podcast. Well, welcome to Black and Gold Standard Podcast with your host, Casey Cohen and Jim Tiger. What's up, everybody? Casey, how we doing?
0: Uh been better. (laughs) I've been better. (laughs) I've been better after holding it together,
1: right? Yeah, holding it together, staying off the bridge. Nobody's jumping yet. It's just one game. Let's take it easy. But, um, lots going on. Um, a lot of players' movement, a lot of drama still going on. And, um, you know, we'll get to some of that stuff along with uh, scores around the division. And, uh, of course, uh, we try to avoid it, but. Get to the highlights or lowlights or whatever you want to call them of the Patriots game, but uh, first here's a little here's a little tidbit from from who's become known as Mr. Big Chest. Is. Yep. Antonio, coaches on the line. Hey me hey, Hello. Yo,
0: what's up, coach? What the hell's going on, man? There's a villain all over the news, man. Is Antonio alright?
1: He didn't behave like this before he started getting this like, money. There's something wrong with a Antonio b Antonio Brown has been an absolute embarrassment. You're you just, you're the most misunderstood fucking in the being in my entire life, I mean, I brought you here because you're my favorite guy. I've never seen a guy I work like and I don't know where you are in your life right now, Austin. All I know is you, you got a lot of things going. There's a lot of people that have an opinion about you. And whether it be good or bad, you're in the spotlight all the time. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you want to be a raider
0: or not? I've been trying to be a raider since day one. I've been fucking working my ass so hard. I don't know
1: why it's a question of me being a Like, do you guys want me to be a writer Please stop this shit. Just play football. How hard is it, man? You're a great football player. Just play football. Yeah, but I'm yeah. I'm more than a football player, man. I'm a real
0: person. Man. It ain't about the football. I know how to do that. I'll show you guys down the desert.
1: This is my life. Ain't no more game.
0: So there you have it. <laughs>
1: that, More than a football player.
0: That conversation between oh boy, A. B. and John Gruden over the phone that was released last week. I believe he recorded that and then released it. But who Antonio Brown, who is now a New England Patriot? Um. So yeah. What do you think about that one? Who who could have called that one? Uh, yeah, who
1: could have called that? Right? No, I've seen all the conspiracy theories out there. But um, so I'm sitting on a Saturday uh, evening worship, running running uh, sound for for the service, and uh, you know, in our, our pre-service meeting, we get, <coughs> we're talking about how they and uh, AB just got released. So through the service, I get pops up on my phone. <laughs> AB is now a patriot. And uh it was kind of funny, I was scrambling. I hope my pastor's not listening. <laughs> but some video played during our service and uh stopped the whole thing. But anyhow, he he is uh his reach is everywhere, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah.
0: Well the the crazy thing is it is it is so so predictable. I think we all knew something was gonna happen. I think him becoming a Patriot isn't a surprise. No. Well, I, n- I know that they had reached for him, I want to say it was in March, yeah. the Steelers didn't want to make the deal for him originally, Correct. obviously for good reason, um, for as often as we play the Patriots. So, that being said, he gets a contract with the Raiders for a, a good chunk of money, doesn't show up many a... Many of practices. And if you've seen Hard Knocks, which I love watching hard knocks because it gives you a good perspective. Oh, it's great. Of of players. It's hard not to to want to watch that behind the scenes. I think we all love that. Um But what I what I will say is it from the get go of watching them behind the scenes, you've seen Antonio Brown, this the character that is, you know. <laughs> so him not showing up him with the foot problem, him with the helmet issue. It's like he was asking for it.
1: Yeah, I think that it was the first clip I saw when he was back. Um, it was a hot day, and he complained. He was over in the sidelines. So he complained to Gruden. He said, "Coach, my my feet are burning." <laughs> he said, uh, "Why don't you go in and get in get in the cryo chamber?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't pull any punches, but i love it and i
0: respect john gruden a lot because i feel he he is a play visibly he's a player's coach from what i see he was defending antonio brown from the get-go just wishing he would show up and be a part of the team
1: right the player a b yeah the player
0: right and it's hard to argue that you that you've ever seen anyone train and play the game like he he does
1: well that's true. There's no doubt he's one of the hardest working, hardest training individuals, and it certainly shows, but you know, um uh, a lot of theories out there. I, I personally I think at, um, that um the perfect concussion was was kind of the start of a lot of stuff. <laughs> some deeper some deeper <laughs> uh, yeah, issues. Yeah, I don't know. That's just me. But yeah.
0: um You know, <clears throat> but you lay it all out there. The Steelers don't want to trade Antonio Brown and the Patriots. Being Antonio Brown at this point in his career, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. He wants to win a Super Bowl. Why wouldn't you want to play with Tom Brady? We know he would have taken the contract for them if they would have offered the full contract. Heck, it might not even have been about the money for him. If, if the Steelers would have traded him to the Patriots, he might have went for it. Sure. If there's anyone that could handle Antonio Brown, it would be Bill Belichick and the Patriots.
1: Well, and that's that's what I'd always been thinking, too. If there's one player, and, it, you know... it. it Memories of Randy Moss come back. Yeah. And um, you know, even um James like, Harrison too. Yeah, James Harrison and um uh, was the running back that we had that, that walked out on us. Um uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, Blunt as well too. But um, you know, hopefully hope it works out for A B um and uh, New England, as long as it doesn't affect the Steelers. Yeah,
0: I I can see I can see him taming down, and if he doesn't, then there's some deeper issues at foot. I mean, yeah. t- to play for a, a person like Bill Belichick is more of an honor than anything to be coached by him. I mean, that that's what he should be more excited about. But I will say that, and this is how I, this is my belief, him Orchestrating the helmet thing, the foot—I believe he was injured. He didn't show up to practices. What really got me was the Mike Mayock argument, and then him apologizing. And then there was something that happened after the fact. There was something that had to have happened behind the scenes with communication. So I believe that his his agent Drew Ro- Drew Rosenhaus def- definitely had had something. They had something orchestrating in the background. And with that being said. Drew has a good relationship with the Patriots organization because that's um, Rob Gronkowski's former agent. So, I mean, to think that there wasn't something behind the scenes saying, hey, we'd love to have you. You know, him, the whole Mike Mayog thing, the foot thing itself, and then the, the not showing up to practices, and then the fine, the, 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 the arguments with your GM. I mean... It, it, it really seems like it was orchestrated to yeah.
1: me. Yeah, a little too convenient. And then all of a sudden, the deal was in place just like that within minutes yeah. after the release. So, yeah. yeah and, I think you, it's pretty obvious something was in play the whole time there.
0: And what's going to happen, too, is they're going to keep him for a year. And I, I honestly believe if he plays well, they're still going to release him because they're not going to want to pay him.
1: No, and there was a bonus if they if they re-sign him, uh, I believe uh, there's more online to read about that exactly what the deal was, but um yeah, they would I think there was a 9 million dollar bonus if he re-signs again, but um
0: well that's uh, an incentive that benefits him, I guess.
1: It benefits him, um but the Patriots have, you know, the right to release him at that point too, oh. so the A B saga continues. Yeah, never ending. Never ending.
0: Oh, I know it's not our problem anymore. Although we have a few of our own now.
1: Yeah, what a great segue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certainly, that was that was a tough one to watch, Gacy. And I, I know we text each other through the game, and uh, ouch, painful, painful. Yeah, yeah it was sad. Uh, some of the press conferences afterwards, um, I know, Tomlin said, you know, the typical, we, we weren't ready for prime time, it was his first out of a statement. Um, well, yeah. I guess
0: they really should get rid of the preseason then, huh?
1: <laughs> well, a lot of theory out there floating that Ben should have played more, da-da-da-da-da. I don't know, everybody played about the same amount in the preseason. Uh, it's not about that, it's... Well, more about players executing the game plan being what it should be and um you know having to get that monkey off their back which is the new england patriots in foxborough
0: yeah oh before we dive into that real quick i seen uh as of today josh dobbs was actually traded to the jacksonville jaguars after nick Foles was injured the shoulder issue that's Probably most likely going to take him out for the season. And I want to touch on that before we jump into the the, the game because that is really surprising to me. Because if anyone I thought it would, would have been the Colts previously, if they were going to bite on a trade, he would have held more value during the Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck stepping down. So to see him go to Jacksonville, and actually a team that we play pretty frequently um in recent history someone that we've invested so much time and energy into to see him go to jacksonville sure and that hurts and he was a guy that was very involved in the community the team they loved him, and 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 to give that up for what a fifth rounder
1: um yeah i believe that's what it was let's see He was a fifth um, rounder mm-hmm.
0: to give him up for a fifth rounder to me is is horrible I think that's a horrible trade. I think you you invested in this guy. You've seen some sparks. He's played in the regular season some. He stepped in. He's made some big plays, and I think Jacksonville's going to make out on this one to get a fifth rounder. the most The most valuable position in the league is quarterback position, and I believe we have the. You know, this is my completely biased opinion, of course, but Mason Rudolph's a stud. Josh Dobbs, yeah, he declined a little bit this off season this off this offseason, preseason. His preseason play was a little bit rough, but it would definitely value us more to have him as a as a backup, even as a third string.
1: Sure. Sure. And um, you know, with Mason Rudolph moving into the second position behind quarterback, um, and now with Josh Dobbs gone, that, you know, that leaves some room. The Steelers typically like to keep three quarterbacks on the roster. So, you know, I guess, you know, the next logical question is, is will they bring back Devlin Hodges?
0: I can see it happening. I don't think that it will, though. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking after that, that Patriots game that they might be looking elsewhere for the roster because, you know, defensively, there was a lot of mismatch. Um. Devlin would be a great addition to the team and, and who knows what they'll really do. I think at this point they're they're probably in no rush. Now if, if Big Ben were to go down, that would be a different story. I think they would jump on Devlin. More for someone else for that matter. But I think we have a good backup in Mason, but it is kind of heartbreaking to see Josh Dobbs go. I was cheering for him. Um I appreciate his services as a backup. I definitely wish him the best in Jacksonville. Um but but good for him. Hopefully he gets some game play. They have a good defense down there to hold him. And uh, it was a pleasure watching the Tennessee kid play a little little ball for the Steelers. Yeah, certainly. But,
1: anyway. Um, Such is the business
0: of the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know, right? It's sad to see players that you actually you like to hang on to. Well,
1: see, you want to you know, get into the game yet, or you want to talk about some more... Um, more player movements before we before we jump in. Uh, you know the guy you and I talked about a lot was Tuzar Skipper. Um, so he was um he he was claimed by the Giants.
0: Yeah, that's you know good for him. They need some defensive players because yeah. they struggled this weekend as well defensively, and it wasn't even their offense didn't do too. I mean, you can have Saquon Barkley and. And run. I, I believe he had like a hundred and fifty yards on offense, something close to that. But you can have him and Eli play well, but we all know it takes a defense, and their defensive roster is very slim.
1: So, well, it's just got it's just got a little thicker. Yeah, I well, think uh, he'll he'll be a great addition, and um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting.
0: Yeah. Well, good for him. I think he played well in the preseason for us. He obviously earned a spot.
1: Definitely did. So um, why don't we do this? Let's like, touch on uh, around the league, the, the divisional games, um, before we get into uh, analyzing uh, what happened last night. I don't know if we'd call that a game or not. but How um, about the uh, the Browns?
0: Yeah, I actually caught a little bit of that game. I had a busy weekend this weekend, but I did catch uh, some play of that Browns game, and it was really it was really sad to watch. Um, Baker Mayfield forced a lot of forced a lot of throws. I think I seen him. He took a he took a a hit at one point. After that, his throws were a little bit more off. But the Giants or the the Browns rather didn't pan out to be the the favored team that they've been really pushed to be this off season against Tennessee of all teams too.
1: Yeah, right. Tennessee didn't seem to look all that impressive uh against us in the preseason when we played them. Of course it's preseason and you know how that goes, but um yeah, um well we were actually at a birthday party uh for my daughter who turned 30. um yeah you oh know, geez. Uh,
0: Saturday. Making yourself sound old.
1: Yeah, yeah. But um during that, um she also uh was proposed to at her birthday party. Uh, so there you go. congrats. Um, she's she's engaged now and uh I'm really excited for him. Taru's a great great guy and uh he'll definitely he'll definitely treat her right. So but that's he when uh, yeah. Yeah yeah, he he knows better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh, he even he even went old school and called me beforehand and asked for oh, her yeah. hand and did i respect him, that you tell him no? i did at first <laughs> there was silence <laughs> and then he started giggling a little bit thinking i'm like oh he's jacking me and i i, def- I definitely did i said no <laughs> I couldn't think of anybody more suited to be
0: that's funny
1: uh, my daughter's husband so that's good. yeah it was a great day it was a great day for them and we found out too that they're having a, a baby girl so it was yeah. uh, a triple good news. So, yeah. so, but anyhow, during that time, my, my dad was like, oh, yeah, the Browns are just walking down the field. He caught that first drive they had, and uh, he's like, yeah, they're looking good. They just walked down the field and scored, and, um, <laughs> and then when he came over for the Steeler game, we were so busy at the party and everything, didn't have a chance to tech in all the games, but uh, when he came over, he's, when he finally came over for the, um, the Patriots-Steeler game, um that's when he told me about the 43 to 13 loss. Yeah. So, wow, that must have been about the last score they had other than Well, what a, I, uh, I believe a couple, couple field of
0: those f- were defensive touchdowns. No, okay. Because Marcus what Marcus Mariota had 3, Derrick Henry had one touchdown. Um Yeah. And I, and I believe I I, I want to say that there was two two was it two? Defensive touchdowns? Maybe I'm wrong. I know I've seen one. Anyway, the def- the defense played great. Defensive backs were just hounding him, hounding the, the receivers. There was a lot of uh, off-thrown balls, but Tennessee came through. And, and it's actually tough to play in Nashville in the regular season. I know the Steelers have had some issues in the past playing in Nashville, but Tennessee, good luck to you. Thanks for taking the Browns down for us.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Certainly, we'll take it. Definitely. And then um, uh, up next in the division, uh, another loss. Divisional rival Cincinnati loses to the Seahawks in a in a close one. There. Um, do you have the highlights on that one? Well,
0: I know that it Cincinnati. I, I think it was more of a defensive game. Um. I don't believe, I believe that uh, the Falcons, or not the Falcons, the Seahawks started off pretty well. Andy Dalton had two touchdowns, 35 for 51, which is a lot of passes. Um, They didn't run the ball very well. I think both teams were pretty stout with the run game. John Ross for the Bengals had um, 158 yards receiving. Two TDs. He looked pretty pretty good, and you know, with uh, AJ Green stepping out, Andy Dalton has a guy in John Ross. That's for sure. But you know, it wasn't a very good game to watch defensively. You know, it was they both teams were defensively stout. I mean, Chris Carson for the Seahawks got 50 yards rushing. Um, Giovanni Bernard for the. The Bengals had 21 yards, so really, both teams stopped the run. They were forced to pass, and it was pretty much a defensive game, but the Bengals very easily could have pulled that one out. They're, they're very known for letting games slip away. I think that's kind of been Andy
1: Dalton's forte in the past here. But yeah, it certainly has. And then the uh, the Ravens. Oh, oh boy. 59-10. to 10. Oh, we go, you know people even said that the the Ravens would
0: be the team to to watch for this year. One thing I will say on on the Ravens I mean you know when when Robert Griffin III gets in the game, your backup quarterback then you're up pretty good fifty nine to ten geez, I mean a quarterback that you and Lamar Jackson that you expect to run didn't run himself as much as i expected him to he was 17 for 20 and passing 324 yards five touchdowns i mean the, the guy was a stud one thing one thing i will say is the the, the offensive scheming and, and blocking the mismatches and, and and scheming for them as an offense was spectacular really impressive to watch them i'm you know i'm not looking forward to playing them but <laughs> You know Marquise Brown for them looked really good. He had 147 yards, their first-round draft pick this year, um, two touchdowns. So, you know the, the Ravens look good, but it's the first game, right? We'll see how it One goes. Game. They played Miami. It's hard to really, I guess, really, you can't really judge yourself off, uh, off of that after all the trades they made. But Earl Thomas had an interception in that game. They're they're they have a pretty good roster, and. They're offensive. They they've designed their team around Lamar Jackson. So when you do that, it's kind of hard to scheme against that team or a team of that sort.
1: Really is, really
0: is. They and had a then, couple sacks too, so it's a good game. If you're a Ravens fan,
1: if you're a Ravens fan, who, um, how many how many Steelers uh, in Steelers Nation? Uh, we have Ravens fans out here. Uh, they're in there, but yeah. That's okay. I'll never forget the time. My son was about 12 years old. We were over at the beach outside of Ocean City doing a little bit of fishing. And uh, I have a Steeler tattoo on my arm. And we're walking back to the car. And a Ravens fan and his son were walking past. (laughs) The guy goes, hey, son, tell those guys what we think of Steelers fans. (laughs) Kid says, Steelers suck. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it is. So, but we always, hey, we always put, we always fly the colors when we go to the beach to let them know. Put that the, the st- flag on the house. That's right. Steeler Nation is in the house. So
0: now, my son's three years old. He's he'll be three in November. He sees the Steelers and he yells Steelers, oh, boy. Yeah, he's getting. We were watching the game last night, and I and I was I was like, "Hey, hey, buddy, let's go to bed. Why don't you go back to bed?" And he's like, "No, I I watch the Steelers. Like, I want to watch this." <laughs> I said, "Well, how about I put a movie on for you in your bedroom?" He said, "No, I want to watch the Steelers." But he also calls every. There's times when we're Any football games on? I think the Browns and Titan Titans game was on, and he goes, "Go Steelers!" I'm like, "That's right, go buddy. Steelers. That's right. You got hey. you got to teach them right."
1: That's how we raise them, though, in Steeler Nation, right? Nope. Yep. Well, but why don't we get into this game, Jim? I uh, know we've been putting it off long enough. Let's, <laughs> let's beat, go. beat around the bush and do that. righty. So um, uh,
0: before before we get into it, <laughs> if 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 you had to, if you had to, let's start off with a game. I guess we'll call it a game. If you had to pick one word to to, to judge this game, what what would the word be? This is, I'm asking
1: you this question. To analyze the game or to, to provide an overview? Or, just an overview of, okay. the, of the game. Like All right.
0: it, it, personally, if you had one word to choose in the dictionary.
1: Well, we'll I'll just keep it nice. And I'm just going to say unprepared. I guess unprepared would be my word. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, along with all the other disgusting, embarrassing. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that,
0: that was mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean you steal your thunder there.
0: Embarrassed. I have it written down. At, at one point in my notes after watching the game, I just stopped writing and I said,
1: "Embarrassed." I just yeah. wrote. I just wrote it down and underlined it. Yep. Um, but, a, a lot of the frequent, a lot of the frequent Twitter posts I was watching has as it just continued to get worse and worse. And a lot of the Twitter posts were uh, the reference to Groundhog Day. Same thing yeah. over and over. Go to Foxborough, and it's like the same thing over and over.
0: Well, even the game itself was the same thing over and over, let alone yeah. us yeah. playing the Pats.
1: Yep. Couldn't you know. cover the short, soft stuff.
0: No. Yeah.
1: So, well, that that would be my word. That would be totally unprepared. And I think Tomlin, if we were to quote him, Um, you know, in his press conference or or the post game conference, rather, um, you know, his first right off the, right off the mic, uh, was, we were not ready for prime time.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it showed, it showed from the get go. And, and honestly, in the first quarter I seen, um, off the bat, the defensive backs missed a lot of, they gave up a lot of big plays. Um, and that's 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 a spot that we struggled in, and we made some moves in the off season to take care of. And seeing that from the start, you know, yeah, yeah, it's the first game of the season. You're in Foxborough. Tom B- Tom Brady's passing the ball, and I believe on the first drive we we stopped him. Yeah, right. And I was like, okay, you know, defense looks decent. You know, you watch yourself get beat. Uh, at, the, at the receiver, at the at the cornerback position, and then you're you're hoping that you can get some pressure on Tom Brady, and you didn't get that either.
1: Well, and that was that was a big key to the game. <clears throat> Obviously, they wanted to avoid uh, blitzing as much as possible. Um, try to get the pressure from their front four, and um, you know the front three or four. Um, And, um, you know, play some one-on-one coverage in the backfield. And that just kind of played right into their hands as well, too. We, first of all, we didn't get the pass rush. Yeah.
0: You know, T.J. Watt, who's a stud, struggled to get to Tom Brady. And I watched him push himself and push himself to get to uh, Tom Brady. And I I think at one point, what he, he batted the ball. And... It, Tom still completed the pass.
1: Yeah, he did. He, he tipped the, the ball. Middle. I think Julian Edelman still threw a duck, but yeah. uh, Edelman's right there to, to make the catch. Even and, Tom Brady's ducks are catchable. <laughs> you know, I think that was kind of a a point in the game too, where we just <laughs> and, you know everything's going right for for New England, and everything just seems to be going wrong for yeah. Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah so
0: the, so the, <clears throat> the front four struggled I mean and and I will say our our inner defensive line we seemed to be playing well we stopped the run a, a good bit in the middle um once it got past that defensive line there was really no stopping um
1: no and um I you know as the game wore on so did our our front line I I thought I you know I yeah. thought it was evidence- um you know, and I was hoping after halftime that maybe they would change things up a little bit, give them a little bit different look, confuse Brady a little bit, make him work a little bit harder. But uh, it didn't seem to be the case. And, you know, we just we just couldn't get off the field on third down. We had, you know, we'd stop him first and second down or keep him limited. Um, and then on third down, even like third and short, you know, he'd play action or just kind of, you know, drop back and, and dump one to Edelman or... Um, <clears throat> whomever, and uh, it just it, it seemed like it frustrated us. We had uh, we had some certainly some challenges in the backfield. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: uh, after and I don't want to get too far ahead because there's there's so much that happened in that game that I wanted to go over. But you know, when the Steelers did adjust after halftime, they came back with you know a five five wide receiver set. They they came out after halftime playing the game they played in Pittsburgh last year, right. trying to spread it out, and it was somewhat successful on the on the on the first drive after halftime. And I was surprised that that wasn't the approach to begin with because that's what we were hit with. We were hit with screens, um, you know, one on ones with the with the linebacking core, which is is part of the reason why we picked up Devin Bush and Mark Barron and we couldn't we couldn't keep up,
1: couldn't keep up, I think at one at one point, you know it seemed like Devin Bush was a little confused back there. I saw a couple of plays were just kind of looking one way and kind of checking in with everybody and um and that was um you know he was really thrown into the fire in that game there. yeah, and, well, uh, you- I think he got caught thinking a little bit too much and less of the just immediate reaction but
0: I did see him around the ball a good bit in the first quarter. After that, I think he was pulled out of the game, actually. And You know, a Mar- a Mark Barron, another guy who has played some safety position and just blowing coverages on these on these uh, running backs.
1: They yeah, just, that one deep pass. Oh, geez. That one deep pass. He one just two, bit on the fake and came up and released. Probably the one that Philip Dorsett. Over the middle. Yep, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. He just really bit on that, and there was there was no um, no deep help on that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know that. So that was what I seen. I seen the, the lack of pressure on Tom Brady with with the the front the front four the, inter, the in, inner the inner lineman T J Watt couldn't get to him. Bud Dupree was nearly. I didn't even. No, he was in the game because Bud Dupree. Right,
1: right. He was pretty much uh, immobilized too.
0: Yeah. So, so with that, all that being said, it was obvious that the Steelers lack defense in the middle. It's just the thing. It's the same issues that we had last year. I mean, it's uh, weak weakness in the middle. Um, we we drafted some speed at linebacker. We picked up Mark Barron. We we made these adjustments in the off season to get some speed guys on the field for these exact reasons, and it didn't translate. So to me, what does that what does that say? Is is it is it is it player? Is it preparation? Is it coaching? I mean, personally, all all, all day I've been seeing people throw Mike Tomlin under the bus, but honestly. What's, what's the diff, What's the what's the difference, or what's the same thing as, as last year that's happened? You got Keith Keith Butler, and I'm not going to throw people under the bus, but something's got to change schematically on the defense if you want some change. When you add new, different style of player, new style of players in this team, and you're getting the same results.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I really did expect something, something to change throughout there but um you know we've got to figure out who we are i think i think there's a little bit lack of identity here i mean you know ben you know the five wide out of the gun empty backfield set you know um ben fell on the sword in his press conference and um you know i think rightly so i think there was a a, a lot of balls that were overthrown yeah um, there was a, there were a couple deep ones that were there uh, the receivers were open but yet the, the throws were a little off um, and then again there were some <laughs> some uh, balls that hit receivers right in their hands and, yeah, and didn't get caught and while
0: we're on that topic I had a I had a lot of high hopes for Dante Moncrief and I still do and you know I think Dante Moncrief was a stud in in Indianapolis. I didn't think he had much of a chance. And I think it's obvious that the, you know, the repertoire between him and Ben Roethlisberger isn't there yet. I don't think they have had enough playing time and understanding together. But when you drop a ball on fourth and one, I mean, and you drop balls in the end zone, I, I was really disappointed in Dante Moncrief's play. Um, I seen you know you seen a little bit of you seen a couple sparks from Deontay Johnson, um, and Juju Smith, but there isn't that that second guy threat. We heard someone say it that who else do they have to take off the pressure of Juju Smith Schuster, and there isn't a standout second receiver in Pittsburgh. You hadn't you haven't seen much from James Washington.
1: Oh, well, that was going to be my next comment. Where where was James Washington in that game? Where was uh, McDonald?
0: Yeah, and you, you know that's what's funny about, and I I believe I was watching in the fourth quarter, Vance McDonald was absent. He did not get a, his first reception until
1: the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's, I would have thought we would have started out yeah. with that little, you know, quick release, quick passes, stuff over the middle, little slant routes, quick outs. You know, just stuff to spread them out. Uh, don't give them time to get to Ben, which they didn't do much of. They didn't really get to him much. He was under pressure a couple times. Um, I remember the one time he should have just thrown it away, but ended up running around for yeah. what seemed like uh, half an hour back there. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, some of those um, some of those passes were just um, – and I don't know. It's like they they didn't want to stop going to Moncrief. Um, but yet, you know, they had other players that they could. Do you recall seeing any screens to, to Connors or Samuels? There was a all? couple
0: screens. I think James Connor played well. Um, obviously, he wasn't played too much. He only had 10 carries for 21 yards. I think he had a couple screens. Um, But,
1: you know... Well, let me jump in here real quick. You know, despite their, you know, the great offensive line the Steelers have, I thought, you know, hats off to the Patriots. Their linebackers were stuffing holes left and right. They were just everywhere. Um, That's a great linebacking crew there. And um, they had a great defensive scheme against us. Yeah, uh,
0: James Conner had four receptions with 44 yards believe that was would be his total yards. Um but you know I think that's when we were more successful. We got beat on like what, James Conner couldn't break the edge. We were um beat down pretty good while running on the edge. It just didn't nothing tra- really translated drop balls um blown coverages it was just a sad day, sad, sad day to be a Steeler.
1: Yeah. Tough one. Um, you know, um, my dad and I got prepared to watch the game. I said, you know, this is, I said, let's, let's just, uh, let's hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. And, you know, into <laughs> of the third quarter, I said, well, at least we were prepared for the worst and that's kind of what we got there. So yeah. let's hopefully we can, uh, you know, we've been humbled by this once again and, um, you know, we can pull it back. Let's, let's have a short memory, pull it back together, back to the, uh, you know, go back to the whiteboard and let's put a plan together to, to, uh, to win our opener. Well, we had a
0: lot of, uh, not only did we have a lot of uh, playing issues, we had a lot of penalties too. A lot of penalties, there, was a, there was a good bit of pass interference and holding calls as well. I think there was a big, there was a big, uh, Pass interference on Deontay uh, Johnson. Um, you know, it just it just looked like a like a, a preseason preseason <laughs> game for us.
1: Yeah, it seemed like it kind of did. Kind of looked like a preseason game, but again, like I said, yeah.
0: Well, defensively, I wanted to see more. Offensively, I expected more out of it. We were just. Stuff by the defense. Um, really disappointed in Bud Dupree. I, I had really high hopes for him this year. Uh, hoping on the edge he could um, get to Tom Brady. I know Isaiah Wynn was was the tackle that he was up against over there on the on the right side. He just really had no chance. Um. <laughs> uh. That 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 kind of brings me into the uh, defining play of the <laughs> well let's let's just say this start so, sorry right, let's kick so, a few around <laughs> so so the game so the game ended at 33 to 3 obviously the patriots won we don't want to relive it too much because it, it obviously it hurts we were all disgusted we were all embarrassed um and and i i can see let me just say this we are known to stoop to our opponent's level. I think I do. I do believe that the Steelers will step up from here. I think if we're going to be humbled, now's the time to do it. Early in the season, I think that we sh- we should go, we should win a couple games after this, just out, purely out of motivation.
1: <laughs> I agree. Well, it's time to go back. Uh, I think a lot of players were humbled. I've saw, I saw some of the comments. That some of the uh, players that were interviewed post game were, and um, that was pretty much it.
0: Yeah, I think. I think uh, you know, after all these big contracts and, and high expectations, to to come in you think you're going to come in the Foxborough and and play a game and, and prove yourself being the underdog, and you walk out thirty three to three. It's not good.
1: Yeah, and then you you you're shown why you are the actually the underdog. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. But that being said, the defining plays that altered the game. We don't have we don't have we don't really have one this game <laughs> that altered the game, but we have a defining play of the game.
1: It's certainly certainly um my vote. <laughs> Well, let's go. Let's hear your vote. What's what was the defining moment? Well, you mentioned
0: night. it earlier, <laughs> and it, when we were when we were prepping.
1: <laughs> All right, so so um, what what point in the game was it like? Third quarter or was it fourth? quarter? It was quarter? the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter
0: after Marquise Bouncey came out. Yeah,
1: Bouncey comes out. He's a little little uh, walking a little gingerly off the sideline, and uh, our man B.J. Finney comes in take over at center. <laughs> and you guys, we all know what happened yet. Ben said blue 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 32 <laughs> and everybody everybody drops back in the center still still down on the ball. <laughs> and he, he turned around. You could read his lips. I thought you said on two. And then and then to top it off, and then the, the ref calls the penalty. It's like False start everybody except on the, everybody except the <laughs> except center.
0: The center. If, that, if that doesn't, if that's not the punch in the gut, I don't know. I think at that point, that's when I said, all right, I'm turning it off. Yeah, I, I did turn it
1: off, but. Oh, man, I don't think that that I've ever it. seen that. I would I,
0: like to see, I didn't see it, but I'd like to see Mike Tomlin's face when when
1: that happened. <laughs>
0: But he'll uh, have to, he'll have to, BJ Finney will have to relive that more than anyone. Oh, you know a it. The guy that did that. I've never seen that before.
1: Never seen it either. Never seen it either. I,
0: I feel like that's something that,
1: you know, you watch that over and over. Miami
0: would do, or the Browns would do I a know. couple years ago.
1: Or maybe a rookie, you know, would get an interception and run the wrong yeah, way for the longest yard type. Yes.
0: <laughs> type thing, man. I just, oh uh, my. And I think yeah. I, I
1: think another play that really set the tone, and we touched on it. You touched on it earlier when uh, you know Watt finally did get his hands on Brady and touched the ball, and yeah, and um, you know Edelman still caught it running this quick little slant route, and it just kind of wobbled right into his hands. That was pretty much a defining moment too. It just kind of you know shoved the stake in a little bit farther into my heart that or the yeah, fork the,
0: the, the guy can't even get a ball batted down with that without it being completed at a
1: ball bat yeah a ball. so
0: oh, kept at it so yeah i mean it was a disappointing game the bj finney thing was just the, the icing on the cake but i think we had a lot of failures as a team um and we mentioned it before, you know. Personally, I believe one of the failures, the biggest failure, is the fact that I think that we should have beat the Patriots at their own game in previous years. They've always attacked us with the tight end thing, and, and the lack of Vance McDonald in that game. I mean, he didn't show up till the fourth quarter. I think I think Vance McDonald is a, a huge tool in the Steelers' offense. We I think we've we've talked about it before that. You know, tight end is a is a position that we're kind of limited at as it is. And with Vance McDonald's previous injury history, we need to have a good backup, but I didn't see much play from the tight ends.
1: Not much. Um I did see Grimble in a couple times, but it was pretty much a non factor. Um I think pretty much was just, you know, McDonald was his big role was blocking. Yeah. You know, for the most part. Let's um. Let's let's keep our our. And he's uh, a great
0: blocker. Oh yeah, but he's more of he's he's a fantastic receiver in the strength. And you know, at the end of that game, I know I think Vance McDonald caught the last ball, the last maybe the last two balls, right? And he almost like he wasn't very. He was probably ten, fifteen yards out from the end zone. I just seen him driving and pushing people. He wanted. I mean, he obviously wanted to eat that end zone before the game was over. And I'm thinking like, well, where was that? Where was that earlier in the game? You know. That Vance McDonald, the big guy, throw it to him. He's over. Right, get him in. Right. Get get the get the animal the ball. Get the vanimal <laughs> the ball.
1: Yeah, at one point, I thought, you know, it seems like the Steelers just kind of playing not to lose here, you know, rather than being aggressive. It's, yeah, you know, they were they were passive. They were, you know, they seemed to be like, um, you know, just just reacting rather than, um. You know, taking a taking a dominant role in anything, they were just pushed around and seemed like they were always on their heels. You know, so
0: yeah. Well, Ben Roethlisberger is, I think, pretty well known being a, a comeback quarterback, don't you?
1: Oh, definitely.
0: He, and he he really didn't have that opportunity because the receivers were dropping too many balls. So between the lack of Vance McDonald, all the drop balls across the board by the receivers. Dante Moncrief really failing in his first game as a Steeler, yeah. And I really hope he can turn that around. And I believe in him. And then the Steelers' defense overall was was frightening. I really hope that we can uh, scheme defensively a little bit different, take care of the the running back coverages a little better, a lot better, honestly, because. That's why we brought these guys in the offseason to take care of that. We have that speed at linebacker now. We can't get the pressure. We at least got to be able to cover. And they didn't do that last
1: night. Alright. Yep. Yeah, I definitely agree. All righty. Well, let's stick a fork in that one. Next we've got Seattle for the home opener.
0: So next week
1: we have
0: uh, Seattle at home what time when is that game is that a one o'clock or
1: uh that is a one o'clock game yeah
0: okay so we have russell wilson coming in i think this team is really actually an underrated team i love i love what p carroll did in the draft um squeezing out dk metcalf who played fantastic against the Bengals. dk had it was 89 yards But, you know, D.K. Metcalf actually reminds me a lot of Josh Gordon, who had a fantastic game, not to bring up that Patriots game again, but Josh (laughs) Gordon, just a sense of separation that they can create with their size. I mean, that's something that's not really teachable. You Can't teach that. And what they've seen him, him in the draft, they really got a steal, which I'm surprised he didn't go earlier in the draft, but. Uh, Russell Wilson did a really good job with DK Metcalf in that Bengals game, and I would expect them to go after him a little bit more against the Steelers. I could see Joe Hayden being being on DK, um, you know, or Tyler Lockett.
1: Well, speaking of Joe Hayden, um, they reported him with a shoulder injury, and I seen he came out in the game. So we'll see. He'll probably be day to day this week. Hopefully. Um, we're going to need every one of our D-back, D-backs. So <clears throat> hopefully um it wasn't as severe as it as, um, th- th- would limit his play next week. We'll see how that goes.
0: You know, Joe Hayden's kind of been injury-prone his whole career. Well, early in his career more so, but the past couple of years it's been, been struggling. I think maybe that was a concern prior contract talks for his new contract was the injury. That's kind of how we transitioned out of Cleveland. So to to see him, we had a couple of Steelers get banged up, though, in this game, in all honesty. so
1: Yeah, and the rest sounded like they were just, um you know, they weren't major injuries. So, yeah. you know, like a sprain here, a little sprain there. Um, as Tomlin likes to say, the normal bumps and bruises.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, in the Seahawks game, what you're going to have to look out for is obviously uh, Russell Wilson's. Ability to pass and to uh, move around in the pocket. He has like an uh, uncanny ability to to get away from tacklers, and um, I love to watch him play. I think he's 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 a future Hall of Famer. Uh, I, it's hard to say this really what he'll, he could do against our defense. I think we, we're going to need to bring some pressure for sure. If we can uh, get some pressure schematically on Russell Wilson, there's a good chance we can come out with the game. Honestly, in my opinion, this this is going to have to be a proof for our defense here.
1: Time to step up. Yeah, you can see where Devin Devin Bush may uh, may prove to be a good spy for him.
0: Yeah, I agree. That running game, I, I, I think this is a pretty average uh, running game. They might attack our you know us on the on the screen, on the screenplay that New England tore us up on. I could see that. So if they if they create those mismatches and those one on ones with space, then I could see some more trouble. But you know, if the Steelers can't correct it from from last week, and, and Seattle does it to you, yeah, it's going to be a long year. <laughs> so what's your prediction, Jim? For. The Steelers Seahawks at home.
1: All right. Do you have our sheet from
0: last week? I do. But let's hear your predi- prediction. Let's hear your prediction and see if it matches up. All
1: right. Well, I think I think Steelers will come back this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that the the, uh, the defense um, will, will correct some of the challenges that they were faced. Um, if if you're going to get put to the test, they certainly did get put to the test. So I, I'm going to take I'm going to take Steelers in their home opener with a win. Um it'd be, you know, um, a three maybe a three point game, but I think Ben will keep us in it this time. Uh hopefully we'll see, you know, the ball get spread around a little different receivers and see a little better performance by a receiving crew. Take some pressure off of Juju and I think uh the Steelers may settle into some rhythm here coming up this Sunday. So I'm gonna take I'm going to take uh, Seattle or uh, the Steelers. So yeah, um, I'll
0: take the Steelers too in this one.
1: Yeah, we both I, we both took the Steelers in our um, preseason prediction. So it uh, looks like um, you're one and zero, and I'm zero and one so far. I called that first game. I think the Steelers will
0: adjust defensively. It's obvious what they got to do. Um, offensively, it's just little things, you know, penalties, drop balls, right um holding things like that even from a receiver standpoint so uh
1: they
0: they better quickly figure it out
1: right and, I, and let's let's hope that we see the the the, the real Steelers who their um you know let's see their their real identity is let's um you know there was a lot of positive talk about you know the offensive talents that they had you know, the, the loss of some of the detractions uh, and the distractions in the locker room and, you know, now it's time to play some football. Hopefully the rust got kicked off. Hopefully the rhythm can get back in uh, to place with Ben and his receivers and that kind of stuff gets ironed out this week. Uh, but I think, you know, playing at home, um, I think that they'll give Steelers a little bit of an, an edge there and I think they're going to be a little bit hungry to come out and um, kind of squash the 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 fans initial week one reaction
0: yeah they're gonna come out with a vengeance and keep in mind that Seattle game Seattle Bengals game was in Seattle and uh it was a close game so us being at home I think gives us the edge especially in Pittsburgh at one o'clock against an NFC team I chalk it up as a win for us so, Jim, I think that's gonna be it for us today. I think that uh, we're all disappointed in that, that Steelers against the Patriots, but there's always next week. We got the Seattle Seahawks at home at one o'clock. Should be a great game. And if you would like to send us an audio clip at the black and gold standard at gmail.com, go ahead. You can tell us how you feel about the Steelers. Uh, maybe give us a question. And if you're lucky, you just might end up on the
1: podcast. Let's keep it PG, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, send us your feedback. We want to hear from you. Um, We'll be probably relaunching, uh, launching more um, social media sites. Yeah,
0: that's going to be coming soon.
1: Yeah, we're going to put together a Twitter account and uh, maybe even like a uh, Instagram, a Facebook page. Yeah,
0: we're going to have a few contests, line some things up for you guys as listeners. So we appreciate you listening black and gold standard we'll see you guys next week after seattle
1: go steelers